Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 8888352414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. I'm on the line with Kate All, founder of Simple Pin Media, who got an idea from a friend to, to, to be a Pinterest VA for bloggers. She started with that friend's Pinterest account and dove deep into learning everything she could about the platform. This evolved to where she's now managing Pinterest accounts for top bloggers with a team of 11. Many bloggers wonder how they can monetize their blog. And one great way to do this is by offering services. Kate has grown her service-based business relatively quickly over the last year and a half to a full-time income while having an email list of only 125 subscribers. I brought her on to share how to offer services and make money even with a small list. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Kate. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I cannot complain. I'm excited to have you on here. Oh, I'm excited to be here, too. There's so much to talk about. There is so much to talk about, and we're going to get to all of that. For everyone that's listening, this is episode 219. And of course, as usual, you can find detailed show notes at becomeablogger.com slash 219. Anything that we mentioned, if you missed anything, and there's going to be a lot in this one. If you miss anything, uh, you can go to becomeablogger.com slash 219 and even get a transcript. So, Kate... Yeah, there's a lot going on with you right now with your business and all that kind of stuff. And actually, just as a full disclosure, we do work together. You're one of my coaching clients. Is that correct? It is correct. It is correct. And you have a lot of stuff going on in your business right now. Can you tell me a little bit about where you are and what's exciting that's happening? Man, every, so much is exciting. Um, well, actually, I'm just branching into working with some bigger brands. Um, up until now, I've just been working with bloggers, which has been fantastic, and I love it. But this new brand side of things is totally new, especially if a brand doesn't create a lot of content like a blogger does. Yeah. So, man, it's just, I feel like I wake up every day and something's new. So this is the new exciting thing that's happening today. And I'm just excited to see where it leads. And how long has, have you been doing this? Um, I have been doing this for a year and a half. A year and a half. Okay, so you started a year and a half ago, um, back in 2014. Now we're in 2015. A lot is going on. And where are things for you in your business right now? Are you, are you generating a, a full-time income? How much, if you're comfortable disclosing that kind of information? Yeah, so it's definitely full-time. Um, it's around 8500 a month which is pretty crazy. Um, I do have a team. So a big chunk of that, of course, goes to taxes and paying my team members. But still to be able to look at having created that much um, in such a short amount of time just knocks my socks off. 
and and um, okay, let's talk about because I mentioned something. You have a you have a relatively small email list, right? Yeah, crazy small, and I, it's just been built one person at a time. A lot of them are my bloggers and people that they refer to, people friends they want to add. So it's just been kind of one little trickle at a time. And, Not big, and I'm and I'm looking at because uh, because you work with me as a coaching client. I have yeah. access to your Google Analytics. Oh, uh, so exciting! <laughs> and I'm, there's a lot of numbers there. Oh yeah, I'm looking inside Google Analytics right now, and I see you have about twelve. Well, not about exactly 1,246 people that have visited your blog, your website in the last month. So you're you're not necessarily dealing with a ton of traffic. You're not dealing with a huge email list, um, but you are generating a full time income. And for me, that's that's one of the reasons I wanted wanted to have you on here because I think it's exciting to 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 see that online you don't have to have that huge list in order to make big things happen. Um, so what I want to do is let's go back. Where did where did this idea even come from? What were you do actually let's start with what were you doing at the time? Yes. Yeah, so um when I first even started thinking about Pinterest for business was in early 2013. I had worked with a friend on watching a course that she had taken Pinterest for business and they basically just talked a lot about making sure your boards were organized so that whoever your blog following was or your business um, followers, that they could easily find your, your stuff. And so we spent about six hours cleaning up the account, getting it ready. And I actually just started pinning to see what would happen. No, you then, said you said we spent um, this time cleaning up an account. What, what, which account are you talking about and who's we? Okay, that's a good question. So I was working with Frugal Living Northwest. Angela Davis runs that. She's a great friend of mine. And so she had watched this course mm -hmm. and she needed help cleaning up the account. And so because I was a contributor, contributing writer to the blog, that was also part of my job description over there was social media. So I had been okay. doing Facebook for a long time. So she wanted me to start branching into Pinterest. And so we had cleaned it up and then started pinning for the Frugal Living account to see actually what would happen, you know, could it drive traffic? Um, but it was very casual, you know, we weren't full on into it. It was more, I was going to pin to frugal living, basically what I liked. Gotcha. And so we didn't take it all too seriously. And then about six months later, my husband had been unemployed and he lost his unemployment. So mm. we were left with just the income that I had from frugal living, which was very, very part time. Mm -hmm. And so we needed to come up with a game plan fast. And Angela had come to me and that's when she said, you know, people are really excited about Pinterest with the algorithm change on Facebook. And that's when everybody's reach was just plummeting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so there was this big mad dash to try to figure out what's next. And Pinterest was the next step for most people. And so she said, what if you tried managing people's accounts? And I thought she was crazy. <laughs> I was thinking there's no way because I didn't have the idea of scheduling programs in my head or Pinterest seemed so mysterious. It didn't make sense. You know, it was really just a place for recipes and crafts. Like, how do you even use it for business? Yeah. You know, um, so then she said, just research everything you can figure out everything you can about it, join Facebook groups, and then start managing frugal living real intentionally and see what if you can do it as business. Okay, let's, so, let's, let's get the timeline here. When exact, around when was this? 
This was um, fall of 2013. Okay, so fall 2013. Um, she's saying, you know, well, she knows that you guys are going through some tough financial times. Um, you're working with her, doing some guest contributing and managing social media and so on. She's saying, take this thing a little more seriously and really ramp up what you're doing on her Pinterest account. Yes. And so I, I dove in and thankfully it was Christmas and Christmas time on Pinterest is really crazy nuts. Mm -hmm. It's the highest traffic time I think all year. Um, and so I saw a growth really fast of about a thousand followers a month. And then at that point she said, okay, I think you need to turn this into a full business. And so I came up with the name Simple Pin Media, bought the domain. Okay, wait, stop, stop. We're going to do, I want to okay. dissect this thing, right? Okay, so okay. Um, uh, coming down to Christmas, you're, you're growing about 1,000 followers per month. How, how long are you doing this approximately? Was it like two months, five yeah, months? Yeah, that had only been two months. Okay. So just with really concentrated effort into scheduling about 20 to 25 pins a day uh -huh. um, during that time, it just took off. You know, people were repinning her content. I was paying attention to what they were pinning and giving them more of that. And they continued to love that. And then, um, yeah, I was shocked okay. and excited, too. And I started to see hear about other people who were having similar results. So that told me that it wasn't just for the living, but that it could be done on a bigger scale for other bloggers. Okay, so now you're seeing, you're, you're kind of getting a feel of what's working because you're paying attention to what people are pinning and so on. You're not necessarily at this point, would you have considered yourself a Pinterest expert at that point? No, not at all. Um, mostly because I had only worked with one account. Got so it. I couldn't say um, this was going to work for everybody. And so I really needed actually more people to come alongside with me as like a beta group to see if it could really work. Because I wasn't going to jump out there and say, hey, I can do this and look at it. what's worked on one account because I didn't really know. Gotcha. So where did you go from there? How did you go from just managing that one account? Um, how, how did it evolve from there? Um, well, then it you know really turned into when I bought the domain name and started. And then I had asked Angela if she would touch base with some of her blogger friends and see if um, two or so were interested in running a trial with me. Basically, they would get a super low price that they would be grandfathered in forever if they decided to continue, but that they would give me feedback as to what was working, what wasn't working. And um, I created two types of packages. I didn't go crazy with a bunch of options. I just kept it at two. And each blogger um, came to me or the two bloggers came to me and one decided to go with a smaller package and one with a larger. So it was perfect because then I could test how they each worked uh -huh. and they gave me great feedback and they're still with me. So, you know, they've stuck around. Now, how much did you charge at that point? Because you're just getting started. You, it's kind of experimental. You want some feedback. What, what pricing did you go with? Yeah. So I did a hundred dollars for, um, my smaller package, which is just the standard package of 10 pins a day. Uh -huh. And then I charged 175 for the larger package, which was, um, 20 pins a day. And, and this is per month, right? 
per month. Okay, correct. so $100 per month, $175 per month. How did you even, you know, choose that number? Like, <laughs> did you look and see what other people were charging? Did you just kind of pull it out your butt? I mean, what, <laughs> where did it come from? So I looked at what other people were charging and then looked about on average how much time I was spending. And that was also really important to me was that I didn't want to shortchange my time. Yeah. Because um, I saw people charging, you know, as little as $47 a month and some as high as $300 a month. Um, 100 was good because it was about four to five hours a month that I was spending total on the accounts. And so it broke down to around $10 an hour, which I felt was fair for the time that I was putting in. Okay, so you're just getting started. You figured, okay, if I'm spending about 10 hours a month on this and um, I'm making $100, that is $10 an hour. And that sounded to you like that's a good that That's a very interesting way of breaking down your pricing um, because you're not just looking at what others are doing. You're looking at the reality. You're looking at how much time am I actually spending and how much am I willing to charge understanding that this is kind of like a beta test And you're getting these people to go on this journey with you. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. And somebody had said to me too, um, and maybe it was actually a little bit more per hour than just $10, but it was really just what, what was the value you were going to put on your time? Yeah. And when you put that value on your time, you knew that you could really spend a good amount of effort figuring out what worked best for each account. And so I didn't want to feel like this huge time constraint because I had set my prices so low and give the account less than what it needed. And so that was really important to me to make sure that that was factored in. Okay. So, so far uh, there's a, there's a lot that I'm we're we're learning so far, right? We're learning. um, You're, you were interested in, in starting this new business, but instead of just diving into the business, you first did your research, you studied Pinterest, you looked at what people were doing and you, and, and then you experimented with that, um, the, 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 the knowledge that you were gaining, right? So you started with this one Pinterest account and it started going well. You started testing the ideas and it was going well. And then from there you said, okay, things are going well. Let's expand, but not expand like on a large scale, but just start with two individuals. You gave reasonable pricing. You determined your pricing based on the time that you were going to spend and you gave them a fair price for what you know you were able to offer. Is that kind of a good summary yeah, so far? Absolutely. Totally okay. correct. Sweet. So we're we're here with our with our three bloggers now. The first one you started with, and the two that you you picked up. How did we evolve from there? Yeah, that's been crazy because um, I actually have never really advertised my services. Um, maybe only a handful of times. You know, after those two bloggers had given me some good feedback, I felt like I was getting some good understanding of what was happening. I did uh, post in a VA group, you know, I do have some space to take on a few more clients for management, but I only did that once or twice and I never really saw a good return from it. And so actually it's all been referral. So these two bloggers that I had referred a few other bloggers and then those bloggers referred a few others. And that has been the growth of my business is all referral based is, I guess, you know, they love my service. I do a great job at communicating with them. And Mm -hmm. as a result, they tell other people. So that's really how it's grown from there. And that's how it's grown from there. And today you're managing how many accounts? 35. 35 different accounts. And what's your pricing now? 
So now for the smaller count, it's 225. Okay. And for the bigger one, it's 375. 375, you said? Yes. Okay, good. I'm, I'm hearing something kind of like scraping somewhere, so it's a little hard for me to understand you sometimes. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so the price is $225 and $375 is what you said, right? Yes. Okay, sweet. Now, th- there's a lot that has gone into, and this that's the way I want to go right now, because, yeah, you can offer a service. Um, well, actually, before we even move on to that, let's talk about this whole referral concept. Because a lot of times, we, we think you want to start an online business, you got to get a ton of traffic, you got to get, um, you know, you got to build a huge email list. I mean, did you start an email list at the beginning? I didn't. Um uh, well, let's see. Actually, I didn't start it for probably three to four months. Okay. Um, because I did hear that. Because I did hear that you needed an email list to get more traffic. And that was in my head that, man, I was never going to grow if I didn't have any traffic. Yeah. And the only way you're going to get traffic is to build a list. Yeah. And I knew the importance of building a list. And especially with products and services, that that was an important place to sell. But, you know, I was starting off with eight or ten. And they were mostly my friends. And so I just didn't envision that I was going to get much traffic from that. Yeah. And, and the great thing is what this illustrates is that word of mouth is still powerful, right? Because if you, so powerful. If you learn a skill and then you work with people and you give them a ton of value and they see results from what you're doing for them, they're going to tell their friends and their friends are going to tell their friends. And eventually you have what you've built today. And that to me is such a powerful concept. It doesn't always have to go the traditional, you know, um, build a blog, add content, um, uh, use a bunch of social media and drive traffic and get traffic from search engines, build your email list um, and and kind of use that to grow your business. Although I think that's a great way to do it and it's the way that I teach. But what you're showing is that there are multiple ways to build a business. And if you're doing a service-based business, provide a ton of value, do a great job. You mentioned communicate with them very effectively and it can grow even organically by word of mouth. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Okay, so... Let's talk about the processes that you've had to put in place. And this is where I want to move to um, kind of transition to some actionable steps that people can um, take take um, note of and apply if they want to start a service-based business. So you're building this business. Um, there are a number of things that you have to keep in mind. For example, communication. Let's talk about that process. How are you communicating with your clients? Yeah. So um, in the beginning, when they come on board, um, they have the opportunity to do a Skype interview. And I find that that's first a really good place to start because I get an understanding of them and they get an understanding of me. Okay. And also email. I mean, email is obviously the way that we communicate. But one of the biggest things was that in the beginning, I was typing all of my emails. You know, I, I had no template emails and you being the genius suggested to me doing template emails so that made it easier to communicate with them okay okay so let's let's dissect that a little more then because Mm -hmm. and and this is one of the first things we worked on when we started working together right yes this onboarding process what did the onboarding process look like before oh jumbled um so basically it was just they would contact me either through you know my website or just through my email 
Um, and I would shoot them an email back and just ask them a few questions. Then we would go back and forth until I finally sent them information. Um, maybe I created my own invoices at the time instead of using a program. And then we would get things set up. So it would be this long, lengthy back and forth process of probably 20 emails. And wow. so it was not an effective use of my time. Okay, so that's what it was like before. And, yeah. you, know, I, you know, you're just getting started. You're trying to figure out everything. <laughs> yeah, no it's, kidding. It's not unrealistic that, you know, some of these things might not be systematized and have processes and all of that stuff. So what does it look like now? Take us through that onboarding process, because I think that anyone that's starting a service-based business um, can learn a lot from it. So what are they going to go through and what do you have set up to make that process of them coming on easier? Well, one of the things I do is um, I have a, an initial email that I send back to them when they contact me that has a lot of information about our services. And maybe um, it also has information about how they can determine if it's a good fit. Because one of the things over time that I saw was that I was getting certain questions about certain things. And so I wanted to address that from the get go. So this first email addresses what we do. Um, how we can serve them, and how it will best fit them. And if they still want to continue with the process to let me know their Pinterest page, their website, I'll look it over, and then I'll get in contact with them about what I think will work best for them. And so that's next. They um, shoot me back an email, send me that information. I look it over. I shoot it back. Hey, this is what I'm thinking would work for you. Let me know what you think. Would you like to continue to pursue that option? You know, then they get back to me and say yes. Then I send them back another email with a date and the date I'm going to send out an invoice. If I have a wait list, I'll let them know that they are on the wait list and what date I'll contact them. And then when it does come time for me to contact them, I'll shoot them an email that says, I'm going to send out the invoice today. Once that's paid, I will send over some more information about um, Simple Pin, a branding form that I have them fill out, and a welcome packet letting them know all the information they'll need for becoming a Simple Pin client. Okay, how are you keeping track of all of these um, e emails? Because you're not, I, I'm, I'm assuming in the past you might, you know, type them out as the, the information is coming in and now yeah. you have it all pre-done and so on. How are you keeping track of them? Where are you storing these emails and how do you pull them out when you need to? So I have the fantastic program that you recommended, Yesware from yesware.com. And that is so easy. You just put in your template, you type in, you know, I have categories for each one of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if somebody's just coming to me and they want information about a different service besides monthly, if they just want a consult, I have all of these categories broken down and then steps. So let's say it's the onboarding process. Everyone is labeled one, two, three, four, five. And that's the process that they go through every time in those order in that order and um i just pull up templates and it pulls up into my email it's genius yeah so the, the and the beauty of that is you know it takes you like you know three seconds to send off an, a, a full detailed email now as opposed yeah. to typing it all out right oh my gosh i felt like it was taking me forever before and i i mean it was so i don't even think i realized how disorganized it was uh -huh. Because I didn't even know you could use template emails. I didn't know they existed. I mean, I kind of did, but I just never really took the time to do it because I thought, oh, it's an email. 
And it's going to take me five minutes. But when you total all those emails up over time, you're spending an hour just typing emails to one client. And if you're getting lots of client requests, that's a lot of time that you're wasting. Awesome. So you mentioned two other things in there. You say, I send them out a branding form and a welcome packet, and then you continued on and continued on. No, I want to yeah. dissect these okay, things. Got it. What is this branding form all about? So one of the things that I value with a Pinterest page is that each one is unique and each person's blog or brand is unique. So I want to know more about them. So we send up this branding page so I can know what their vision is for their website, um, where they've been with Pinterest, what type of activity they've had, and then what they want pinned or don't want pinned. That's really important because I can't go into a blogger who is blogging about all real food and start pinning um, Kellogg's Rice Krispie Treat. Like, it's not them. And so I want to know exactly what they would pin as if they were pinning themselves. And so this branding form really gets gives us the opportunity to know them um, and know what they care about with their with their you know their blog readers and um, their Pinterest followers. So would you say it helps you save a, a bunch of time trying to figure things out? Basically, oh, absolutely! It definitely streamlines it, and it helps too with the, my team because then when I can hand off the account to one of my team members they clearly know what type of account they're getting. There's no questions left. And that's what I want is I don't want anyone, either my client or my team member to be confused. So I'm eliminating those steps yeah. that will create confusion. And it's great, right? Because when I, when I first started doing coaching kind of one-off, I never had that. And then what would happen is when we start the coaching session, now I have to find out a bunch of things about them and what they're doing and you know what their vision is and all that kind of stuff. But by doing this, by having this branding form, you're actually getting that information before so that when you start whatever service you're offering, it's not that you're figuring things out at that point. You already have all those details. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Welcome packet. What's going in this welcome packet? The welcome packet is really what, they're, what they can expect from Simple Pin and some tips that they can put into place to help make sure that we're maximizing the Pinterest, our Pinterest strategy. So that might be tips for making sure their website is optimized for Pinterest ways they can let their blog readers know that they're on Pinterest. I also include an editorial calendar. So if they are bloggers that are um, DIY, food, lifestyle, that they can know what type of topics people are searching for year round on Pinterest. And they can be conscious of creating content that first appeals to their blog readers, but second also appeals to Pinterest. And, you know, they're not pinning something or creating Christmas content in the summer, but that they're making sure they're focused on it in the winter. And then also um, just to let them know that I hold their information in confidentiality, that they can trust the information that they've extended to us and that they just need to give us a certain amount of time before they discontinue service. That's pretty much it. Okay. Now what, Oh, wait. So you ha you have a, speci a specific amount of time that they have to stay with you? Is that what you're saying? No, they can do month to month. Initially, okay. I did have a three-month time period, but I actually didn't find it necessary because people were, well, they weren't leaving. 
And so I didn't really see that need to keep that three month contract in place. And so I've moved to just month to month, but I actually just want one month notice before they leave so that I can kind of, you know, get prepared to make that transition, not only for me, but for my team and I can finish out their account well. Now, so you've been doing this for a year and a half. You have 35 clients. Um, One question that people might be thinking, how many of your clients have left? Oh, let's see. Um, I guess officially left and never come back. Probably six. Six. Okay. Um, So you're doing a pretty good job at keeping people there. Um, So what I want to know then is, like, what are you doing on a month-to-month basis to kind of keep them um, with you, to kind of keep them informed? What's your process look like? Well, at least once a month, we send them a monthly follower or not monthly follower, but we send them a monthly update, which includes what has been their follower growth, what has been their top repins. I also have access to their Google Analytics. So I'll tell them what has been the top pins within the last 30 days. And then I'll give them suggestions. Let's say um, Pinterest has actually been pretty tough these last months and page views. So a lot of my monthly emails right now are talking about how we can continue to focus back on content for our readers that they want to share, or maybe there's older posts that they need to update for this time of year. I'll include some of that and they will get our monthly invoice at that same time. So it seems like a good time to send out that monthly update to let them know, Hey, we are paying attention to your account. We know you're, follower. We know your boards. We know these things about your account and they're important to us. Why do you think, Um, why do you think that's important? I just think, um, well, with social media in general, when you pass that off, it can be really personal for some bloggers Mm -hmm. because there's, they want to keep themselves in it. And so it builds trust, letting them know you're paying attention and letting them know that they're not just another number or just another client, but they are a valuable part of our whole client network. And what they produce is important. And we want to do our best to display that on Pinterest as best we can. And if I, if I didn't hear, like if I was a client and I didn't hear from someone, I would start to feel like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. What are they doing? Yeah. Or what are they paying attention to? So For me, I know that I would value that. So I want to extend that same process to them. Got it. Okay. So you're communicating with them monthly. You're basically keeping them up to date, letting them know what's going on. You're on top of things. They don't have to worry because Kate is here to save the day and all that good stuff. Sweet. Now, at a certain point, there's one part of this that we haven't spoken about because we said that you have a team now and a team of, I think you said 11 people. Yes. Mm-hmm. How did you, you know, a lot of people think, well, if I get someone, I have to pay them. And then yes. that's more money that I'm losing and so on. How was that transition for you? Was it easy? Were you concerned? What was that like? Um, I think it actually comes pretty natural to me to be a team builder. It's one of my strengths in my personality anyway. And I had seen, I knew I could do it because I had done it in some ministry things at church. And so I started to think about what if I took those same skills and applied them to my business? So then I asked a friend who was really artistic. She had a great eye for things. And this was about eight months in 
to my business and I realized I needed help. I mean, I was growing and there was no way I was going to be able to manage all these accounts well. Mm -hmm. So I had to get help. Um, so I looked at the pay structure too, and my prices, prices had gone up at that point a little bit. So I was able to pay her and still take some for myself. Um, and so I went to her and I said, I want to teach you how I do Pinterest. And I want us to see if this would work. Would you be willing to do this with me? And she said, absolutely. And so we started a process of her understanding the client. And at the time, I didn't have a branding form really officially in place. I put that into place probably two months after this, but I communicated to her who this client was, what I needed her to pin. And she only pinned um, what I refer to as outside content. So that's not my client's content, but content that would complement my client. And she was fantastic at finding content. Mm -hmm. Her content she was finding was just, it was getting high repin rates. She was doing a fantastic job. So I knew I had found someone and I had effectively taught her how to do it well. And so then I gave her another account and she knocked it out of the park there. And then I hired someone else at that point and the same thing continued to happen. And at that point I made a conscious decision to hire a local team. I didn't want to hire people that were across the country. I wanted people here because I wanted to be able to meet with them at least two to three times a year at our ha at my house so that we could sit down and discuss strategies, discuss what was working and not working, and really be a cohesive team. Now, the, the way you've kind of um, grown your team has evolved. Um, we've, yes. we've made some changes, obviously. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that because you said, you know, you brought the first person on and you kind of spoke to them and showed them what you were doing and um, put them on, a, 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 on, a, on, a, on a, a task and they did a very good job. What does it look like now when you're bringing somebody on? Well, I developed first um, a manual of expectations, very clear expectations of what a simple pin team member should do and what I would expect from them, and how they would do it. So I first created that. And then I created a secret Facebook group where my team members could go, and we could ask questions and um, seek help from me, and I could put out tips. And also, this would be a place where I had video tutorials of every program that we used, and how I found content. And basically, I took my brain and put it into screencast videos that they could go back and watch over and over and over again so that I wasn't always a part of the process physically, but that they could access this anytime. And where are you putting these um, videos? That's, that's all in the secret Facebook group. Okay. Uh, and there, I, there's a section in there like files. And so you can upload a bunch of files in there and they can just easily access those. Awesome. And you upload the videos directly to Facebook is what you're saying? Yeah, and because it's a secret group, no one even knows that the group exists. It's just like a ghost group. So then no one could find the files. Yeah, awesome. It's awesome. Okay. Yeah, and, it's super great. Okay, so let's talk about how you even select people to bring them on. How, okay. how do you go about doing that? It There's no official process. Um, I, my, let me see. So I had, 
a friend of mine had referred someone to me who might be good for working with my team. She was the third person that I brought on. And she's actually been my recruiter. She'll send me someone who would be a good fit for the team. I shoot her back an email and say, what are the things that you love about this person? And if I see words like loyal, honest, dependent, consistent, you know, that's a slam dunk usually. And so I email them and say, hey, so-and-so passed along your name. Let's meet together at, um, you know, a local place around here. I bring my computer. We'll talk about whether or not this is a good fit. And I send them via email the manual of expectations as well for them to look over before they even get there because there's a lot of information. And what I found is that when I show up with this manual of expectations and videos and talking about Pinterest, their eyes all of a sudden (laughs) glaze over like, what? Because I realized that my team members are going from a Pinterest user to a Pinterest business user as well. So I need to help them with that transition. And that is hard for someone who's only just sat down with their tablet and pin things they love into getting on your computer, using a program and strategically pinning for a certain person. So at that point we discuss whether or not this seems like something they could do. And then I give them access to the Facebook group. I have them watch all the videos and then we talk about what account would be a good fit for them. I send them all the information And I say, you know, I want you to start pinning and I watch them, if you will, to see that they're pinning the right stuff effectively. And then I send them on their way after about a week or two of monitoring. And then I tell them all, you tell me when you're ready to take on another account. And if you're not, that's fine. And within a month or two, they usually come to me and say, I'm ready for a new one. And so we do the same process all over again. And at this point, they're pretty familiar with how the scheduling programs work and they are pretty efficient at doing it. So that's about it. Awesome. Okay, so one more thing I want to talk about before we kind of wrap things up. You have a wait list, is that correct? Yes. And well, actually, in fact, this is my first month that I don't have a wait list. Okay, so but you've had a wait list up to this point. I have every month since... January. Why do you why do you do a wait list? Um, because I found that when you bring on too many clients too fast, you're not able to give what they need. And so for us, we found that four to five accounts per month is adequate for me and for our team to give the type of attention that each account needs. And so some months I might get 10 requests. So what I do is in order, I just bump them back to the next month mm-hmm. and give them a date that they can start. And I remember like maybe three months ago, um, you were working, for example, on scheduling for the next month or the month after that. Is, that that's how it was, right? Yeah, that definitely. When I was in February, I was scheduling out till March and then it was it would just keep building, you know, every month there would be more requests and it would just push it out a little bit and a little bit. And summer is, is quite a bit slower. And people's incomes tend to go down with blogs. So I'm not surprised that this month is a little bit slower than others. Okay. So everything so far has sound like a bed of roses. You know, you start this 
You start this thing because your income is inconsistent and all right. of a sudden you go from one person working on accounts to, to 11 people working on a bunch of accounts and everything is just just beautiful. Peachy. Yeah. So have there been challenges along the way? Oh, tons. Okay. Um, Give some examples of what these challenges were. Well, I would say the challenges were, one, my time. How was mm. I balancing my time between my family? I have three kids under nine, and my daughter's a diabetic. And so balancing those two was really difficult. Um, I would say that understanding what clients need. Wait, wait, before and, that, no, no, stop. Let, okay. let, let's stick with the first one, right? Okay, how, family. How did, yeah, how did you... How did you end up balancing that? You say if, if that's that's something that so many of us struggle with, right? We have families yeah. at home that need us, but we also kind of need to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, how did you navigate those waters? Oh man, it was really tough. And I should mention too that for part of this time, I was still a contributor with Frugal Living Northwest up until four months ago. So I was kind of straddling two businesses, and that was a really big stretch for our family. Um, I would say that, you know, it was a lot of conversations about the time needs that I had. My husband, I should mention, continued to stay unemployed and then worked into a job that was kind of self-employed and allowed him to be home during the week. And so that helped a ton because if he had been working full time, that this summer, last summer would not have been possible because with all yeah. three kids home, it just wouldn't have worked. So for us, we had to have a lot of um, sit down conversations about what each other's expectations were, um, what his expectation was of the business and how he wanted to be supportive of it and how I could, you know, as the sole income earner at that time, be a supportive wife as well to my husband who's not working and for most husbands that's a difficult place to yeah, be definitely. because you're typically the one who's working not your wife and so that was incredibly hard for us to work through as well but I think just having conversations over and over again about what everybody's expectations were helped tremendously when it came when it came to kid care home care um income needs it was all on the table. And if there was no communication happening, this it probably wouldn't exist right now because we would be a heap of a mess. <laughs> awesome. That's, that, that's great advice. Communication is always so crucial. And you were mentioning one more struggle. Let's just end on that one more struggle. Well, and we'll end on a, uh, on a happier note than that. <laughs> okay, but good. that's the last um, big topic we're going to cover. You said understanding the needs of your clients. Yes, that is really big too, is you have to understand um, there are clients who come to me and they want to pass off Pinterest and they don't really want to talk about it again. They're, they're just, it's, they're just so trusting and they're, they trust us and they're like, you're going to do a great job. Touch base with me once a month. Let me know if you need anything. I'll be around. And so those are the types of clients that give us complete reign to do almost anything that we want, which is great. And then we have other clients who have been kind of DIY in their Pinterest account for a long time. And we have to understand that them passing off their account is very hard for them. So we have to understand how to delicately walk that balance 
to help them trust us and to help them see that we really want to free up their time so that they don't have to focus on Pinterest, but that they can focus back on their content. And so understanding what type of client we're onboarding is very important because you can't treat a client who wants to pass off and run the same as you would the DIY Pinterest client. They're two different. They need two different types of communication. They need two different types of handholding. Like I think that is one of the most crucial elements of my business is understanding who my client is and what their needs are. Awesome. Awesome. So, so much, there's so much value in this interview and I'm so glad that you came on. But let's talk a little bit about the services that you offer because who knows, somebody is listening to this right now might be interested in it. So can you tell us a little bit more specifically about what you do and where they can find out about your services? Yeah. So first they can just go to simplepinmedia.com. It has a list of all of our services there, but they're very basic. We just offer two types of monthly pinning packages standard and max. And then if you want your account cleaned up, maybe it's been something you've used for personal for a long time, you want to merge it from personal to business, we do one-time account cleanups. Or if you just want to review, you want to know where to start, what to work on, you just need someone to tell you. We offer that as well. And then if somebody just needs general one-on-one Skype consult, we do that too, where you can just schedule a Skype meeting with me and we can talk about where you're at, where you need to go and giving you a strategy that might work for your account. And, you know, I must say, because I signed up for one of your packages and now you manage my Pinterest account and now Pinterest is the top social um, network that's sending traffic to my blog above Facebook. Facebook used to be number one, but Pinterest is now overtaking Facebook (laughs) and I'm actually quite interested to see how it's going to continue over time. So thanks for the work you do. And I know that anyone that checks you out is going to get a lot of value from it. I hope so. Thanks so much, Leslie. You are very much welcome. Glad guys. Whew, that's a lot of stuff right there. So if you 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 you're doing this blogging thing and you you have a skill or you, there's something that you can learn about that you can offer as a service. Um, lots of valuable information for you in this episode. And I hope you got a lot of value from it. And if you want to check out her service, simplepinmedia.com. This was episode 219. Man, we spoke about a lot of different things and you might have been like driving or frantically trying to take notes and not getting everything. Don't worry about it. We have it all for you. Head on over to becomeablogger.com slash 219 and you'll get all of the resources there. And of course, if you've been listening to this and you haven't yet subscribed, I want to invite you to subscribe and you can find out more about how to do that by going to becomeablogger.com slash podcast. And if you want to leave a review, you will make me giggle on the inside and smile on the outside. (laughs) But that didn't even make any sense. (laughs) Anyhow, if you're trying to start a blog, you want some training on how to do it, freebloggingvideos.com. It's a free course I put together for anyone that wants to start a business with a blog. It's free, actionable, and it's awesome. That's pretty much it for this last episode. This is Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com. We're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care. And God bless. Eight 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 three five two four one four.